This is the third of a four video series I shot in the winter of 2022, headed up to Moline High School and met with Mike Morrissey and his staff. This one from his defensive coordinator, Anthony Room, uh, talking about really getting a deep dive into their 3-4, man. You'll get an overview of their various fronts from the D-line and linebacker responsibilities, their split field coverage, even into their blitzes and some good game film footage. If you want to see this or anything else we've produced, check us out at clinic.chiefpigskin.com. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, my name's Anthony Rome, uh, defensive coordinator at Moline High School. Um, I'm really honored to do this presentation for you guys. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about our defense and where and what we do, um, not only schematically, but just from a philosophy standpoint. Um, mainly going to focus on stopping the run um, and how we go about that, not only from like a weekly plan to uh, our main base defense. Um, so if you guys have any questions, you guys can always reach out to me. My email and phone number is on the slides here. So I'm always open to talking ball. So uh, all for that. Uh, so this is going to be uh, just complete my first year as defensive coordinator at Moline. Um, I was at Geneseo High School before that. Um, so when I first came in as defensive coordinator here, um, you know, I wanted to sh pass off my values and what's important to not only myself, but what I've learned from other coaches and install that here at Moline. Um, and the guys that I coach with are, they're like family and, um, doing this with them, we set player and coach goals. And for me, I, the reason we do this is we love the game and we love the kids. Um, so we need to play for each other um, and have the family atmosphere no matter what we're doing. So that way we all know from player to coach and coach to player that we have each other's backs. Um, so that's always going to be, you know, those, those two are going to be always super important. Um, Third one, whatever it takes to go one and zero for that week. He, we can't look past. We can't look at, you know, we have to take each week and approach it the exact same because if not, that's how, you know, the upset games happen. Um, and if we focus on one and zero and we focus on ourselves for that week, that gives us the best and uh, chance for success. Um, team goals that we set, and this was big for me, is you have to go in thinking that you're going to be the best defense in the conference. If you don't go in with that mindset, then to me, it, it's not going to happen. Um, but I, I, when I first came here, I told the guys, we have the ability to be the best defense in the conference. We want to be conference champs. Um, being here in the Western Big Eight, uh, it's a tough conference year in and year out. So if you can <laughs> survive the slugfest and be conference champs and get into the postseason then you've been through it, so now you have a chance to potentially make a run in the postseason. And then I'm always under the mindset of you have to set your goals high, and we want to be state champs. Um, 
some of the teams we play and a lot of the teams in 7A are outstanding, outstanding coaches, outstanding players. But I think we have what we need here at Moline to achieve that state championship in the first one in school history. Um, a couple of quotes there that I've always uh, used as I lead in. So learn, <clears throat> we, we need to learn how to prepare. It's not the will to win that matters. Everyone has that. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. So obviously coming from the great ball coach, Bear Bryant. Um, and then second one, we want to develop character. So football is super important, but what our young men do after football, both in the community and in their lives is super important to us as a coaching staff. So be a better you than you were yesterday is something that we try and remind our players of like, that doesn't always mean like, you know, you did this tackling drill better than you did yesterday. Sometimes it means you did this homework assignment better than you did the day before. So just some things and some goals that we set um, from the get go. Um, once we really got going, uh, and I, I found this that if you, you ask high schoolers to do too much and they're thinking about too much, then they're not gonna necessarily give you the output that you want as a coach. So I told them, I was like, there's only three things I'm ever gonna ask of you. You need to play fast, you need to play physical, and you need to play together. So if you're able to do those three things, you'll find a way on the field. Playing fast doesn't mean running from point A to point B fast. That means you gotta know what you're doing. Like if you don't know what you're doing, then you're not gonna be, and not knowing your assignment, you can't get to the right spot. We've had kids who may not be the most athletic, but they know what they're doing. So that means as coaches, we can trust them to do their job, which allows them to play fast. Playing physical, we have to play with leverage and we have to tackle. If you block well and you tackle well, you give yourself a chance to win the game. That's a point blank, honest truth, especially from the defensive end. It, being the best tackling team in the game, you give yourself a great opportunity to win. And then playing together, no plays off, all 11 guys to the ball every play. That We practice multiple pursuit drills um, throughout the week and doing different things in our team sessions to make sure all 11 guys are getting the ball. The first guy isn't always gonna make that tackle, but if you can slow them down just enough, you're, your teammates should be coming to help. Um, so when we start getting into like our focus for when we design a game plan for any team, there's always the, these all encompassing things that we try and do as a defensive staff to hone us back in when some of our ideas get crazy to, for what we're going to try and do to stop a certain team. Number one, you have to, you have to be able to stop the run it. And not only just our conference, but in some of our non-conference games, if you don't stop the run, you can't, uh, you're not even giving yourself a, a chance. Um, if you make a team one dimensional, then that's gonna give you a better chance defensively. Second thing is you have to attack the offense. You have to have the mindset uh, with all the different crazy things that offenses are doing right now. 
uh, you know, the common thing obviously right now is RPOs. It, it's all coming right at you. You have to be willing to take that and turn it on the offense. If you're if you're going to attack the offense and take what you do well defensively to attack the other team's weaknesses. So if you have that sort of mindset, that's going one going to allow you for success. But two, to me, I've I've seen that it allows your players to have more fun as well. And then third one is you have to be gap and assignment sound. Um, so many teams with different formations, different run schemes, different pass schemes, uh, you have to have a certain job for whoever and a certain alignment for whatever player because in being that gap or assignment sound, because of if you know what you're doing and you know which gap you have, then you can line up and play against whatever teams come out in. And we've seen stuff from empty to double tight um, to old style pro I. It's you name it, we've seen it. And if your base defense allows you to line up and play fast, then you're going to have a chance. Um, for us, especially when um, when I came in, I had the summer to install everything. Um, so these are just a few things that we focus on um, when we get, you know, besides our scheme for, for our success. Um, and the summer and fall camp, like I said, preparation, alignment, assignment, technique. That allows you to play fast. Tackle, turnover, and tenacity. So that starts, you know, getting into that play physical. Uh, we want to make teams work all the way down the field. So limiting big plays. If you limit the big plays, it, we felt like, especially with the athletes that we see in our conference, if you make teams have to work all the way down the field, at some point, mistakes are going to happen. If you give up big plays and they don't have to work as many plays or work the full distance of the field, the likelihood of them scoring goes up uh, tremendously. Compete, compete, compete. So we do daily competitions, whether it's within our tackling stations, turnover stations. Um, we get to seven on seven and team, and we always put some sort of competitive goal on there. Uh, I'm blessed to work with Coach Morrissey, uh, not only for his coaching ability, but his scout team quarterback ability is is pretty good as well. So, you know, we like to say if we can get one or two interceptions uh, from him during our seven-on-seven -seven period, then you win the goal. If not, they're going to run, do burpees, or something like that, just so that we keep that high level of intensity throughout the entire uh, practice. Um one of the things that I saw initially when I became a defensive coordinator um, from Jim Leonard at the University of Wisconsin, he he broke down what he called the Magnificent Seven. So throughout the game, you need seven of either turnovers, three and outs, or fourth down stops. Now, this is, granted, he set that up for college, but and they have longer quarters, but we felt like if we can do the Magnificent Seven and accomplish the Magnificent Seven in high school, you know, that gives you a 96% chance to win if you do this. So when we go into every game and we set that as that's automatically a goal, after the game we say, did we reach the Magnificent Seven? 
that one of my assistants come up, comes up to me and he's like, did we get any turnovers? How many three and outs did we have? Uh, we had this fourth down stop. And our, what's awesome is our players take pride in that. And um, I think this a year total, we had 26 turnovers, um, and which was unheard of. Uh, we had some great players at and great leaders at taking our turnover stations and things like that, taking them to heart, and we worked hard on it every week. So getting into a little bit more scheme uh, for you guys. So our base defense, uh, we labeled it, and I, when I came in, I, it's something that I've kind of morphed to. I've done anything from a 3-3 to a 4-3 um, to just a straight 3-4 with four eyes. Um, and eventually, it, it kind of morphed into this idea of what I call the flex front. Um, the biggest thing, like I said, is it allows us uh, to be multiple while being simple. So, um, you know, when I describe it to people, it, it, it looks like a 3-4. When we line up and flex, it looks like a 3-4. Um, and our guys have certain responsibilities. However, it, we can easily roll into a 4-3. We can easily shift over and play in a stacked defense. And the rules don't change, even though the look does. And, and for us, it, as a staff, you know, we love using this because it, we do see so many different things um, and offensive schemes as we go through our season that this allows us to tweak, you know, certain alignments to give us the advantage. But their rules and their responsibilities don't change from the first day of summer camp all the way through until that last playoff practice. Uh, philosophically speaking, you know, are you are you a box team or a spill team? We, uh, we're a spill team. We're going to make you and your main plays bounce to the outside, and we're going to rally and run. And and that fits right back in with our main, um, you know, with our main concepts of play fast, play physical, play together. And this whole thing, even though it's schematically, philosophically, it all molds uh, together. Um, we break it down so, you know, and I know this sounds like triple option lingo, but with what teams do, there's a dive player, there's a quarterback player, and there's a pitch player. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you're running triple option. It doesn't matter whether you're running shotgun RPOs. Those are um, how people set up for to get the ball. So if you're looking at like a zone read with an RPO, there's a dive player, there's a quarterback, and then there's that pitch. But the pitch in today's world is pass. Um, so we always have someone responsible for each of those things when we're covering to stop the run. Um, and I've, I've already touched on this point, but most importantly, it allows for our athletes to play fast with this flex front um, and have fun with it um, because there's so many different things. And you can go to a certain kid and say, hey, I really think that you would be good at this position. And we work with some tremendous kids here um, who take that and they run with it and they're like, yeah, I really like this position or coach. I think I could maybe benefit us by playing this position. And there's a spot for every kid in our program. Uh, player personnel wise, this slide, I'm not going to be on too long, um, because it's just our naming. We, we have nose guard, um, tackle, 
And Will Linebacker, Mike Linebacker, Buck, Sam, strong safety, boundary corner, field corner, and then free safety. Um, these are just the names we use, and I'll, I'll move on to the next slide to show you how we align up. So um, our numbering system, if you're looking at it, uh, I, everyone's numbering system is different, but this is what we use. So we have the zero, the shades, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then if there's a tight end or even sometimes an H-back, then we'll use the seven, eight, nine um, for those guys as well. So our base alignment, um, we do it based off of field and boundary. So there's different ways I understand for teams to line up, but, um, and we even adjust it sometimes which way we make our strength call as we go throughout the season. But our day one summer camp rules is we are going to set the strength of our defense to the field. Um, and honestly, it's for simplicity purposes. We want kids to play fast, but we don't want there to be a whole lot of confusion of weight, strong rise, strong level, which way. Nope, just find the field, like which side of the field has the most grass. And that's the way we want to set our strength. Um, so when we line up, this is the general picture of how we would line up to the field. I'll get into the rules of where they line up and what their assignment is here uh, in a second. But what I found is by doing it based off of field and boundary initially to start with allows you to practice responsibilities and practice technique all throughout the summer and into that fall camp period. And that's where we really, uh, I feel like we make the most growth is because keeping it simple there, then that allows us to make tweaks as we get into games and specific game planning for the teams that we see. So like I said, we set the strength based off of the field and boundary um, for the front seven and the back end. Um, so our tackle lines head up to inside shade um, of the offensive tackle to the field. And then our Mike, our Sam, and our strong safety will go that way as well. Our nose and our end shade to the boundary. So Coming back to this slide here, our nose, okay, shades on the center on the boundary side and our end shades, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, on the tackle to the boundary side as well. And then you'll see here the buck, the free safety, the will, and the corner, they all travel together. So that way there's not a whole lot of flipping, like I said, not a whole lot of running back and forth. Um, for alignment purposes, okay, and I know it's kind of hard to see because I don't have skill guys drawn in here but for alignment purposes okay for the backers okay so we tell our inside backers their their base alignment is what we call a 30 technique so we're just we're lining up we just add a zero to it just uh separate it from a three technique to a 30 technique so their inside hand would be right down the outside shoulder of the offensive guard mike and buck line up the same the Sam and the Will are a little bit different. So with the Sam and the Will, we tell them to adjust based off of the stand-up receivers. So here we just have like a balanced look as if it was just a straight two-by-two two look here. And they adjust based off of wherever that second stand-up receiver is or possibly uh, the third if the team lines up in trips. So the rule for the Sam is if we're just in a two-by-two two set 
if he's a wide receiver, he's he's going to be an apex player here. Okay, he's going to be your force player. He's going to be truly splitting the difference between the tackle and that second receiver. As he gets tighter, whether he's a tight end or an H back, he tightens down his alignment, and he's the force uh, would be the force player, and so on on that side. And the will does the same thing. So the will and the Sam are should be interchangeable. So if someone uh, has been playing Sam and Sam gets hurt or whatever, and we feel like the our next best outside backer, you know is the guy who's been rep, repping backup Sam, then we're going to put, uh, we'll put him in there or vice versa. If the will got hurt and the backup Sam's him, he could go play well. So they're pretty interchangeable. Um, so that's how we've kind of designated for uh, those guys there. Uh, corner and safety alignment changes off of coverage. Um, I'll get to that a little bit towards the end, but really focusing on the front seven here. Um, to start with, but the strong safety, obviously ha he has to be able to cover in space a little bit more. And for us, we started making it our free safety was a little bit more of the hitter. Um, and with some of the things that we thought saw schematically, sometimes we would even say this guy would travel with the tight end and H back, just kind of fitting in off of our um, base coverage. Our corners, we were super fortunate this year, could really change sides. It didn't really particularly matter. So we just had our better tackling corner go to the boundary, and we had our better cover corner go to the wider side of the field, kind of mirroring what we were doing with our strong safety. So our run responsibilities for our D-line. So the, the main thing with our run responsibilities for a D-line is it's three guys to eat up five. So um, when I was first getting into being a defensive coordinator, I, I wanted to run a 3-3 stack defense. So I went up and uh, I Chad Hetlett up at Glenbard West. I, I learned a ton from him and his defensive line coach, and this was their big thing, three guys to eat up five. So when we practice defensive line drills, um, we start out with that. If, they, if three guys can eat up five, then we're doing our job. Um, being a former defensive lineman, you know, I love working with <laughs> – working with the guys in the trenches and um, and with our defensive line coach, they do a great job teaching technique. So when we work with them on their technique, it's how not only what their job is, but how they attack um, the offensive linemen. Uh, teaching them, when we teach them, we teach them how defensive line coaches would coach theirs in a stag defense. Um, all D-line are spill players. So you're never going to see our defensive end sitting and shuffling down and reading to see what the quarterback is doing. Their job is to get their hands on the tackle and then chase down the running back. So if they feel like they're getting red and they, one, if they didn't get their hands on the tackle, they're not doing their job. Two, if they, for some reason, didn't get their hands on the tackle, then they need to run the heel line and spill everything. Um, the terminology that I've used for a defensive line is don't get pushed off the cliff and don't run off the cliff. So if you run too far upfield and you get trapped as a defensive line player, you're not doing your job and you're going to have a hard time playing in our system. So getting our hands on the offensive tackle is a big deal for both our tackle and our defensive end. 
And then obviously you don't want to get pushed off the cliff because that's getting grazed bubbles and, you know, not really friendly for the guys playing behind you. Um, so the one thing that uh, I've kind of changed over time and our defensive line coach did a great job installing this was when we coach our defensive line, we want to get our hands on the offensive guy first. Uh, when offensive linemen are taking their steps or whatever they're doing, um, they're taking usually a read step and then a drive step or a hesitation step and then a drive step to get into you if they're working a combo block and a double team. We want to get our hands on first. If we can get our hands on first, then we can do or go wherever with that offensive lineman. Um, and I've said the best defensive linemen are the one, you know, they get their hands on and then run their feet. And I said the best ones, they treat it like a boxer. It's hands, feet, hands, feet. And if they're able to do that and the faster they get at that, then you become a better defensive lineman. Um, plus, I feel like if we can get our hands on first, we already beat the offensive block. If you get your hands on first, then you get to control and dictate what that offensive lineman's doing. Uh, I put a little tidbit in there. Um, for us to roll down into a four-down front, we'll roll our um, Sam down onto the line of scrimmage. When he gets down onto the line of scrimmage and is playing in a six technique, basically mirroring what the end is doing on the opposite side, he becomes a spill player. He's no longer reading anything. He, he's doing the same technique as what the end is doing on the other side. So sometimes this year when we got into that four down front, we would bring another defensive lineman in to play that Sam linebacker position because now it's just hand in the ground, same technique. Get your hands on the tackle, spill anything coming to you. Um, Fortunately for us, the guy who we had playing Sam this year could do both. He could play stand-up. Uh, he was a tremendous athlete. He could play stand-up. He put his hand in the ground. Um, but, you know, every, with different things that happened and teams we were playing, we had to shift him around. Then we could bring in that defensive lineman. It was great because we told him, you're just doing the same technique that you've been practicing since June 1. Uh, run responsibility for our inside linebackers. So I, I joke with – uh, our inside linebackers coach all the time because he's like, our guys almost get bored because we're repping this technique all the time. But our inside linebackers, um, and especially the buck, uh, being to the boundary, sees some more counter stuff, is they have to read their guards. Um, the Mike and the buck reads, read their guards because with the teams that we play and with gap schemes, the guards will take you to the play. Um, we have, an, with our outside linebackers, we have force players. And we have quarterback, cutback, counter reverse players. So for them, it really allows them to play fast and play downhill. Um, this last year we had, you know, kind of two like fire and ice type linebackers. We had one kid who he was a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker and played downhill really fast. It was great with how he fit at our mic spot. And then our buck was kind of a cleanup, uh, run around and made a bunch of tackles this year for us and did a great job. And he would kind of sit in the middle then with our buck. He would sit in the middle when we would roll in to that four down, kind of four, three look, which I'll get into. Um, our inside linebackers coach does a great job of working shock and shed. Don't take on an offensive lineman square because, honestly, a lot of the linemen that we're seeing are bigger physical dudes. So we have to be able to get our hands on, attack half the man, shock, shed, disengage, and then get back in your gap. Um, the great thing for a Mike and our Buck, and 
I love telling them this, is they are run players first, run players second, contain the quarterback third, and then maybe cover the pass fourth. So this allows them to have a lot of freedom to stop the run. Um, they don't have to think about, okay, well, is it run or pass? Do I got to get to a certain zone? Do I have to get to this spot drop? No. You stop the run first, contain the quarterback, and then we'll work on if you possibly have to fill in the pass coverage. Our outside linebackers are hugely important in the fit to our defense. Um, and we can have different guys um, and different body types playing these outside linebacker positions. Um, like I said, sometimes we can even sub in defensive linemen to play these outside linebacker positions. But in this base flex front, you know, they look at and find wherever that number two or possibly number three receiving threat is. And then, like I said, the tighter the alignment, the closer and tighter that they get. Um, their, their main rules are, are get closer to what our inside linebackers is, where we want them to stop uh, the run first. So as a Sam linebacker, if you were to get action towards you, you know, and I'm talking from like a shotgun standpoint, if you were to get action to you as like a Sam linebacker, then you come up and you're the force player. Um, and then on the opposite side, your your counterpart is stepping in and being that quarterback cutback player. Um, your defensive line is chasing and spilling everything. So those two work hand in hand and work and work with our inside linebackers. So there is some carryover from a stack defense into this 3-4 type look. Um, if you're on the backside away from the play, you're shuffling in and you're, like I said, you're that quarterback cutback counter reverse player. Um, we like to attack the offense. So going back to the main philosophy. So we use these guys a bunch as far as blitzing um, and doing different things with them to get pressure on the quarterback. If they're not blitzing, okay, the outside linebacker is responsible for the seam or kind of that what is the underneath hook curl. So he, he gets his run reads, and if it's a straight drop back, he's bailing one, two, three, and then settling up. So he's really covering the pass late, just trying to get in what uh, some coaches call the window um, and, and just finding the nearest threat. So the run responsibilities for our DBs. Um, in our base coverage, which is a split field coverage, we do cover two read on one side and we're man on the other is because we want to figure out different ways to get more guys in the box. We have to stop the run. That is a point blank first thing that they have to do. So we use our DBs and our safeties to work into that run fit. Um, like I've talked about our, some different, uh, some of our DBs have different skill sets. So this last year we were seeing some, a lot of runs to the boundary. So we put our best tackling corner to the boundary. Um, for them, they are thinking pass first. So with our linebackers, it's run first, run second, you know, get to the quarterback third. For our secondary players, they have to be a, a little bit more cautious, and we want them, hey, you, we got four guys to handle the pass. If you have a tight end or H-back and that's kind of in your responsibility, you're lucky. Now you kind of get to become that eighth guy to help us in the run. Um, they are secondary team players. If they get take their read steps, they see it's an outside play, 
now they can become secondary contained players. Make sure nothing breaks it. Turn it back to your teammates. All 11 guys to the ball. Corners, don't get beat deep. We'll, we'll give up the short stuff. We'll give up the short routes. Um, we want to live to fight another day. Like I said, all ties in. We want to make you march all the way down the field. Um, we have some different alternate front seven alignments that we do out of this flex front. Um, you know, these are the main ones that we kind of use this year. So our over front, like I said, we just we shift that Sam down under shade, even and bear. Um, so with that over front, you can see here. OK, so field right now would be to the left. So we'd be calling a strong left here. Uh, our Sam slides down. Our tackle bumps down. He just goes from that head up four eye. So now he's truly a three. We leave our shade in our end. So they don't even have to move. Um, and then our inside backer is kind of just like a carousel. They just, Sam goes down, these three bump over. So in that base flex look, he was the force player if action was to him. And then this guy was the quarterback cutback counter player um, to help with that. Now our Mike just takes that responsibility because this guy is becoming the spill player. So now if action was to him this way, he becomes the force, okay, in this specific gap. Okay, and Buck's reading his guard, and then the will is shuffling in here. So we're not doing anything, you know, when we shift into our different fronts, it's carryover from our flex front. The D-line is still doing the same things. We want you to get your hands on the guard, don't get trapped. Sam, we want you to get your hands on tackle, don't get trapped. Nose and end, you're literally lined up the same, so you, your responsibilities definitely are not changing. Uh, shade. So we started using this a little bit um, to give us maybe an advantage here and force teams to run it back to the boundary. Uh, so we um, we would actually flip the defensive line. So we would shade towards the run strength. Um, so we would determine like a run strength, like an H back or a tight end or an offset fullback. So really we're flipping these three and um, our linebackers did a good job communicating to them just to flip over. So if the H back was over here, then we would still just have our nose and our end to the run strength side. Even is pretty simple. Um, now, when we would get to the even front, we would slide our will down here um, to this particular side. Uh, end would still be in a six. Nose and tackle would be head up. Um, give you kind of that even look and then our sam would stay off uh, our bear our bear look we use a lot um so we would have a uh have our sam and our will both come down on live scrimmage bump both of these that uh the end and the tackle into four eyes and then um would be like an old school 52 look um and then we would do different stunts and games uh with these guys, um, you know, whether it, it, twisting or, you know, both coming down and looping around, we did all sorts of different stuff. But um, the great part was for these guys, their responsibilities didn't change, it just changed their alignment. So we still had a force player, we still had a cutback counter reverse player. These two, their rules stayed the, stayed the same. <clears throat> and then DB wise, uh, you know, obviously they stayed in their same coverage rules. Um, 
stack. So we would treat it kind of like shade. We would set it, you know, even though the field is this direction, we'd find a run strength so that we would set the H back, an H back player here. Um, our D line just goes and they go, all go head up. And then that Sam would also go towards the run strength side. So just a different look um, that we use throughout the year and just, just as a change up. Uh, our first level movements, we actually use a lot this year more than blitzing to cause confusion. Um, I don't get crazy with how we label and how we call these as we go. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll send in our front first. So like I would call flex and then I'd add the tag um, for that. So I would call flex and then field slant. So our D line, there's no guessing like am i slanting to the field away like what i'm telling them which way um we want them to slant uh and when we slant if we want them attack whatever shoulder they're lined up on we want them to attack uh the next lineman over so if this if the nose guard here you can see he's lined up uh shaded here we want him to slant across his face and get to the inside shoulder of this guard. Same thing, this end is stepping from six and he's gonna be coming down, probably should have drawn that a little better, attacking the guard here. Uh, defensive tackle, okay, if there's, no, if there's no one there, we don't want you just slanting and running into space because of the possibility of getting kicked out coming back. So if there's no one there, he's basically just taking one kind of slide step and then attacking uh, the outside shoulder, the offensive tackle. If there is a tight end there, then he would slant and attack the inside shoulder of the tight end. So our split field coverage, um, like I said, one side is a man coverage, the other side is a cover two read. Um, it's something that uh, we kind of adjusted throughout the year because honestly, we just had uh, really good athletes playing on the back end. So sometimes, it would change, but um, when we go into our camp, this is how we do it. Um, so if you have a, the number two is a run, a more of a run threat uh, type player, like an H-back or a tight end, then we're gonna give a man call to this side. So the safety's communicating to the corner, corner your man on, okay? Cause the safety's man on watching um, the H-back here. If your second receiving threat, is an actual stand-up receiver, then we're gonna give a zone call. And this is where it'd be cover to read. Both the corner and the safety are reading what would be the Y here um, to see if he does anything under five yards, whether uh, breaking out, then our corner would settle and the free safety has to get over the top. Um, if he pushes vertical past that, then these two guys just lock, he'll lock on one and he'd lock on two, and then we get some help uh, <clears throat> from our will, especially to this side. Um, if there's two receiving threats, um, especially we tell our will, hey, you know, especially if it's into the boundary, there's two receiving threats. Hey, this guy's spilling it. You're truly apex. So if you see this type of look, yes, you're shuffling in for quarterback, but you are able to sit in this particular window if the Y were to push vertical. Uh, we got a lot out of uh, getting our strong safety to, he did a great job this year of 
manning up and taking on an H-back or covering an H-back in space or a tight end. We've seen, you know, we had some a uh, couple good tight ends in our league this year, um, and this guy did a great job matching up. Um, and sometimes if our routes that we were seeing from other teams got a little dicey, um, then we would tell – <laughs> Then we kind of took the read out for these guys um, and basically said, told our corner, like we said, don't get beat deep, keep everything in front of you, free safety, same thing. You know, we just took the read out of it. Um, and it's great to have guys like that, but from the day one, they, they did a great job still of reading it and playing this cover two read type look to this side. Um, we had a couple of popular run blitzes I just want to share with you guys from um, this last year. Uh, so first one is this Sam Dart. Um, so it, we're just bringing our Sam in the D gap. Um, and then we would just play our lock uh, coverage behind it and just our base split field coverage. And then we did Mo. So obviously that's our Mike and our Will. Mike's attacking the open A and the Will would be coming off the edge. And then same thing, what's nice about this is we can just keep our base uh, coverage behind them. When we label our second level blitzes for Mike, Buck, Will, and Sam, um, we have a one blitz for each gap. So you guys can see uh, here, you know, A gap, we're going to label that with some sort of A name. We used attack. Um, backside A, we used cross. Uh, I know that doesn't start with an A, but it was easy for our nose guard and backer to understand. B gap was blast, backside B was bang, C gap was crash, and D gap blitz was dart. And then we made a lot of hay off of doing like a switch blitz, which we call flip. Um, and sometimes we would use uh, similar to tags to what we used for our first level of movements. Um, we would use similar tags to basically determine, you know, like we want this particular backer to go. I know that I want our field outside backer to be blitzing on this play because based off of tendencies, we think that that's where they're gonna go. Uh, we think they're going towards the H back. Uh, we think that um, their run play is gonna take us opposite of where the H back is lined up or opposite of where the running back is lined up. So it's kind of nice because we could label a tag and then call the blitz with that as well, like I said, similar to our first level movements, we want the kids to play fast. So are they the most creative names? No, but um, at the end of the day, if our kids can line up and execute the blitz, that's the most important thing. Uh, here in some of these film clips, so you guys can see some of our base look here. So this is our base flex look. So this is a strong right um, call against trips. Uh, we just had this particular safety in this look. He just followed the number three, just keeping the same split coverage rules. Um, but you can see our four eye here. We got our shade and we have our six. Um, outside linebacker. So this is what I was saying. He finds that number two or number three, okay? And uh, finding that number two or number three. So he's probably a little tight here, um, but with the safety there to help, it's okay. Um, and then our will is lined up pretty similar over here. So doing this, this is this is a pretty good idea of our base look. Um, so you can see our tackle does a great job here. He's actually slanting out. We had a field slant call on, so there's no one there. So he stepped out, works back through that offensive tackle, spills the guard, 
outside bagger maybe got a little tight, but then we had a great rundown there from our backside defensive end. Um, so he was able to slant. He chased, makes play down on the backside. So here you can see, uh, so now we got a tight end set. Now you can see his alignment's a little bit closer. His alignment's creeping up a little bit more. With this double tight look, um, I'm guessing our safeties probably just went man across um, just because they're both run threats in the box. So that's uh, that works in with their base coverage rules. Inside backers are still keying their guards. So we ran a little, we actually ran a little flip blitz on this side. So that's why his alignment initially wasn't as tight. Defense did a great job there, swarming to the ball. You'll see uh, in a lot of our defensive clips, you're going to see a lot of maroon. I know it was an inside run play, but you're going to see a lot of maroon around the ball um, on each play. So here's just, uh, we called, you know, strong right. We got our Sam here. Uh, he's going to just come right off the edge. Uh, you know, we're trying to attack the offense and cause havoc. This is another good look. Um, nose and uh, we got our tackle on that four technique. Outside backer. Uh, so this guy is lined up a little bit tighter. Um, I'd like to maybe see him widen out a little bit. Um, is a true two by two receiving threat. So they both, both these safeties should be making a zone call and treating it the same. So one thing I'd like to see probably got on the end is that tackle blocked down and he did not make contact with him that is too far upfield didn't make contact with him he'll probably redirect and chase with with some of the gt action coming to him i would have even liked he doesn't know what's going on in the backfield so i would have liked to see him run through here uh through the first polar shoulder inside shoulder uh See, our, see this backer hesitated for a second, checking the GT, and then great rundown play there. So we got uh, tight end wing look. So this guy could be even, our outside backer here, our Sam could be even tighter um, up on the tight end. Does a good job forcing, um, working through He's forcing through that outside shoulder. Defensive tackle does a great job here. Um, and you can kind of see in this man look, in this man call, this allows our safety to work in here into the box. Good base alignment here. We saw a lot of two by two against this team. Um, good alignment here being a tight and the receiver was on. Could have widened, widened out a little bit because he had a wider split. So nice little play there by our boundary end on the stunt. So this is one look. So um, they had a zone call on this side. So number two push vertical here. So they locked on. It was a great play by the quarterback. Um, this outside backer does a great job seeing, seeing the running back. Um, also like this clip because you're, you see our inside backer. So like I said, he's run first, run second. 
contain the quarterback third. He goes on what we call a yellow light blitz. Um, so if he sees a straight drawback pass, he's sitting there until the quarterback rolls out or until he breaks contain, basically making sure that we have someone with eyes on him. So great, great pass there. Um, so this is this is more of the alignment that I um, and this kid fixed this. This is a, one of our next games. So now we have a tight end look. Now he's rolled up on that tight end. This isn't our over front. He's just in our flex front and treating it like his base rules. So now he can work straight through the shoulder of that tight end because because that is the number two threat. So he does a great job because it's our base rules, and this is something that you'll see in teams uh, might wonder and stuff, but um, because this is his base rules, this guy is not spilling. It's not an overfront. So his job is to force back the pullers. We, ha we have our two run inside run fit guys, and then the quarterback cut back uh, counter. So he forces it back, allows time for a chase down, and then we get that safety in that run fit. So now we shifted in into our overfront. So now in this particular case, he put his hand in the ground, doesn't always have to, um, but now he's playing exactly like our six technique defensive end is on the other side. Now he's the force player, he's an inside backer, and he's their quarterback cutback um, player. So they do a great job here. Uh, Defensive end fits right inside there. He's forcing that to bounce. Our out, our, uh, our backer here, who's the quarterback, probably gets caught up a little bit in the wash. I would like to see him fit a little bit more there on number four. But um, overall, that's a correction that you know that we make week to week. Uh, So here's one of our one of the blitzes I was telling you. We like bringing that field outside linebacker. Um, teams like to roll out that way. <laughs> Takes one on the chin there, but it's people in the quarterback's face. Um, you can see, you know, does a great job eyeing the quarterback coming in there, okay, making sure that he doesn't break contain. <clears throat> then, like I said, with our corners, don't get beat deep. He's running with him step for step there. So here we're, we're shifted into our over front again. Great fit by our linebackers there. This is, this is exactly following guards, okay? This, guy's, this guy gets action to him. This linebacker does a good job following, okay, with this swing route here. I would have liked to see him maybe settle for just a, just a second and then take off maybe underneath. Uh, these two receivers because he's got secondary contain help with the DBs. So great run fits there. Um, get a little help here from our safety. The same thing, I, guys. I like to point these things out. You know, we got we got a lot of hats to the ball. It go, goes back to our initial play fast, play physical, play together. Um, you know, he, he, in this, in this scenario, we got, uh, some guys who in this game who hadn't played a whole lot of defense, but because they've been practicing and doing 
Um, same thing since summer. They fit right in, hop right into the scheme, and we're going to attack the, the offense. Uh, you know, we're taking this kid, and he, he's coming in, filling in for an injured guy. And I'm going to be honest. I'm like, he's going in his first play. We're going to blitz him. We're going to get him moving forward. I don't want him to read anything. Um, we want to cause havoc. So our base flex look there. Outside backer does a good job. That number two stays in to block, so he he actually goes and provides a secondary contain there. Uh, this is a heavy H-back power counter team, so we, we slid into an over front a lot, and it, it helped us out. So this is a this would what now this is what I would call a perfect rep from was actually our Sam linebacker, but he's playing that spill technique. The goal when you hit on that offensive tackle, you're not always gonna knock him way off his path. But if you get your hands on and delay him for just a second, so he gets his hand, knocks him off his path, that gives this guy a chance. And it puts him in a position. Perfect outside shoulder to inside shoulder leverage for the spill technique. And it just causes all sorts of bottled up mess and does not give a clean look for the running back. So not only did we chase it down, but it allows our, our backers to fit force and then fill there. So you're gonna get kind of a similar look here. Okay, we did a great job. So now he's getting his hand, does a great job again, same kid. Does a great job. He gets his hands on. Probably could have got a little bit more extension there. Um, hands on. Forces, you know, even though they're running fill in there. Okay, running to straight power. Linebackers do a great job stepping in, filling. Same thing. I'd like to point, you know, is a, with our safety here getting a hat, another extra hat in the box. So I would have told that our, our end here could have got hands on tack a little bit more, but he's still wrong shoulders. It forces the play to bounce. So like I said, we, we saw some uh, different formations this year from anything. So we just called just our flex front. We got our corner sitting here, okay, um, and we we're lined up. You know, we still we're still good numbers wise, even against this empty formation. It's a goofy, crazy formation, um, but we're able to line up the same. We got shade, we got six, okay. We got our four eye here, okay. We got our outside linebacker, and he's just based off of number three outside linebacker, basing it off of where is my number two at. Did a good job on secondary contain there and able to rally and make a play. So same thing here. Okay, we got our four eye, we got our outside backer, they got quads this direction. We're gonna get a little help from okay, this particular linebacker. If they were to wheel out. So this was uh this is one of the last clips I got for you guys. So this is just a you know Another base play there. Um, normal flex front. 
he, he was a little bit tighter. Um, probably would have liked to see him shift back in his base alignment here a little bit um, just so he can see the mesh. But he does, we coach our guys up really well. When teams are in shotgun, you know, running back was opposite of you. He's most likely coming this direction. Unless they're doing same side zone or same side power, he's most likely coming across. So you're most most likely going to have to be a force player a little bit faster. Um, and then this guy's going to be, you know, when you look at that mesh, so I, you know, coaching him up. He see he's looking at the mesh. Running backs coming across. He should have shuffled in, making sure he's responsible for that quarterback cutback uh, lane. Uh, like I said, guys, uh, I'm not saying what we do is perfect, um, but we like to keep it multiple. Um, by using this flex front to help us get there, help us stop the run, help our kids play fast, play physical, play together. Um, like I said, my name is Anthony Rome. If you guys want to reach out, if you guys have questions, um, my email is at the beginning of the presentation, or you can uh, text or call me at 309-558-4420. So thanks. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to present.